Welcome to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, Bunny Love Shock. How are you all doing? This is a place where we meet together to talk about love, to talk about how we create a life that you can live well and love well. And indeed, if today's episode just sounds maybe a little bit more echoey than is typical, it's because I decided to record this one in what we call the Broch. That's B-R-O-C-H. So the broch, or in other words, the <laughs> what the actual space is, is the living room um, or the lounge, depending upon where you're coming from in, in my home, in our home. And the reason we call it the broch is because it has a curved wall on one side so that it's a, it's a circular, almost... Um, um, temple-esque space. And broch is the word that we use in Old Scots, in Old Gaelic, to describe the home of the chieftain. So the clan chieftain, the leader of the, the chief, the, the or one of the leaders of their chief, because one of the leaders of the chief, one of the leaders of the clan, because there would be, there would be lots of different types of leaders doing all sorts of different types of things, including, you know, the local seers, including the local midwives, including the storytellers, including the healers, the educators, the medicine keepers. But the broch is where the chieftain would gather many people for meetings, decision making, celebration, honouring, questioning, and of course, asking better questions. And every time I'm in this space, I'm just, I'm reminded of the power of intention. I'm reminded of a connection to my ancestors across this land of Scotland, which is very, very important to me. And I'm also just, again, reminded of intentionality. Every morning when I wake up, I wake up with a prayer that is very, very common and is associated with um, A Course in Miracles. And it is essentially with the opportunity for us to ask universe, source, love, God, you know, where would you have me go today? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? So where would you have me go today, love? What would you have me do today, love? What would you have me say today, love? And who shall I say that to? Who shall I say that to? There's a beautiful version of this in A Course in Miracles. And if you don't know A Course in Miracles, it's a really interesting book, which was channeled by a wonderful professor who was an atheist and had no faith in anything to do with Jesus or otherwise. But Jesus kept showing up and saying, essentially, pick up a pen and write this down. And so insistent was the voice of Jesus that eventually the author went to a colleague and said, you know, I think I might be going a little bit mad. And then her colleague said, well, excuse me, maybe we should have a chat with Jesus and find out what there is to be said. So lots and lots of people study A Course in Miracles. Um, My great friend um, and teachers, Robert and Holly Holden, are wonderful. And if you don't know them and their work, I highly, highly recommend that you check them out. They actually have a wonderful yearly um, 
class is perhaps not the right word. Experience is probably better. Marianne Williamson was also a very early adopter. Um, and if you know A Course in Miracles, then you will also probably know that it's a book that you buy and then it's a book that you try and get rid of for a really long time. <laughs> And there is a lesson every single day. There's a lesson every single day. And ultimately, it is a a course on love. There is a course on self-awareness. And it is undoubtedly one of the most frustrating courses that has ever been created, ever been created. I've been a student of A Course in Miracles probably for over 10 years. But I will tell you this, that my practice does move around the course is designed that there is a lesson a day and that you would sit with that lesson, excuse me, every single day, and that you would have a relationship with that lesson. But there are many things within the course which may tickle your tummy. And again, there are many things within the course that may frustrate the bejesus out of you as well. And that's perfectly normal. And I'm certainly not suggesting that you should all run out and get A Course in Miracles. But if you are a student of it, how wonderful. I'd love to know about your journey, if you've never heard of it before, how wonderful to be introduced to something new. And if you have the book, but it's been sitting on your shelf for years, perhaps January 1st is the, is the year to begin being curious and being in relationship with it and seeing where it takes you. But you know, that prayer as well of, um, you know, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom is a really powerful way to start the day. And to bring you into yourself before the mind in your body, remembering that everything is the body. So before the mind and the chemicals and the hormones that are known as our thoughts and our wonderful neurons and everything that exists within the brain and the body start telling their stories, coming into a space of actually already being prepared to be in service and to have an intention for the day is a space of great love. It's a space of great devotion and it's a space that creates a huge amount of clarity once you begin to practice it as well. For me, every morning begins that way. It begins with appreciation and gratitude. And most of my mornings are actually dedicated to love. Most of my mornings are dedicated to that which cannot be seen. So that involves my morning prayers, my morning intentions, my morning meditation, my physical practice, whether that's a form of somatic experiencing, whether that's a form of somatic protocol, whether that's a form of yoga or stretching or rolling or lifting heavy things up and putting heavy things down. (laughs) As in the case of, of weightlifting, sometimes it's dancing, sometimes it's walking. But technically, until I sit down with my first call of the day or my first client that morning, really from maybe even 6am through 9, sometimes even 10 in the morning, it's fairly devotional. It's fairly devotional. And if you're thinking, for the love of Goddess Bunny, who has four hours a day to dedicate to something that can't be seen? It's not specifically that I am not doing anything else that has to do with life, for example, you know, making breakfast or popping a washing on or doing last night's dishes. Yes, it does happen sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes we don't clear the tavern down as we think of it. 
James and I really like to um, pop on a little bit of lovely um, sort of mystical tavern music and then clean down the house and the kitchen each evening before bed, just celebrating the day, sharing our roses, otherwise known as our appreciations for what has been. But sometimes that doesn't happen, you know, and there'll be a couple of things that are in the sink the next morning and that's okay. That's totally okay. Maybe you're somebody that has loads of things in the sink. and That's also okay too. What you might begin to notice, though, is if you devote that doing of the dishes or the doing of the chores to God, to source, to universe, to love, to being in service or to being in partnership with yourself, with your soul, with that relationship, you might just find that it changes the experience for you. You might find that it alters the way that you feel about perhaps the weight of those things. And for me, that's what I'm bringing to my days. I'm curious about bringing lightness and ease, receptivity, connection, and indeed those states of receptivity via prayer, intention setting, awareness, being in relationship to that which is around me, being in the broch, being reminded that as a, a gently learning leader, because let's be honest, I really don't think we have yet experienced a harmonious version of leadership via any type of body, by the way. I think, you know, we have these conversations about how how often, you know, um, let's say straight, you know, heteronormative men have been in power for a really long time. And now the women, as it were, in this binary concept of, of leadership and power, want to experience their version, but I really don't think that we've actually seen anybody in power. I think what we've seen is a lot of people in the disillusionment and in the disilluminated or the shadow aspects of masculinity and femininity, or even yin and yang. But yin and yang is fairly neutral. It is actually much more about harmony and balance than it is necessarily about the concepts that we have in a modern world of the traits or the states of modern masculinity or indeed of modern femininity. I think what's going to be really interesting is that as more and more people notice that and they notice that perhaps they're not dedicating their mornings or their days or that prayer is missing, devotion is missing, gratitude is missing, connection is missing, states of receptivity are missing, we also then notice that actually the thing that is missing is us. I talk a lot about leadership and I do talk a lot about coming into our power, but the truth is I'm not 100% sure what those things mean. I'm not sure entirely what the definition of that is. And I don't think it's a verbal definition. I feel like it is an experience, again, of relationship and of love, of an interweaving and an intertwining of a tapestry that has joy and goodness and kindness and blessedness at the heart of it. It's a space of knowing that we are enough and that it is okay for us to heal our shame and our guilt and that which might feel traumatic or that which might feel like it has interrupted our peace. It's also saying yes, I think, at times to that which might feel strange. And of course, in Miracles is such a beautiful example of that. You know, if you are a person who is agnostic or atheist, and a deity or someone of a great teacher to make it even more neutral comes to you and says, hey, you know, pick up your pen. I'd like you to write this down. It perhaps might be a fun experience to be had. <laughs> perhaps there is something less sharp about these 
concepts or relationships that we are that we are curious about meeting and how when we bring that gentleness and that place of curiosity or indeed that almost Steiner-esque response of I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what leadership is, I wonder what love is, I wonder what creativity is, I wonder how we do continue to bring peace to a place in each of us that means that we do heal the war in ourselves so there's nothing to war about outside. I wonder how we create some more gentleness and some more softness. I wonder how I let myself off the hook and let other people off the hook. I wonder how I recover from capitalism and unhealthy patriarchy and matriarchy. I wonder how I keep my heart open, even though every day it breaks, at the loss for a little bit of humanity as more harm is caused. But then I also wonder in keeping my heart open, as I watch and celebrate how humanity has found a wee bit more of itself once more. There are so many spaces and places that we get to exist in. And this is the thing about love. It is a ocean. It is an ocean of possibility. It's an ocean of connection. It's an ocean of unknown. We skim across the surface as this current experience of humanness and humanity And we're so in our heads, you know, we're so in the head centre. I also wonder what it would be like for more and more of us to come into the heart. Again, for more of us to lean into a type of self-ownership that moved us from a place of self-preservation and took us to a place that we didn't need to use words, for example, like the archetype of queen or the archetype of king. We really haven't seen very many of those either. Or certainly not beyond what I consider the bubblegum pop culture hashtag. <laughs> I do again wonder what the chieftains who lived and sat in brochs or at round tables would think about the concept. Hashtag chieftain of Scotland. They probably wouldn't have very much metal for it to be um, fair, but... We exist in a world where these hashtags have become a rudimentary capacity of expression for a part of ourselves that we think that's where it exists in those little crossed lines. But those little crossed lines are also very interesting in terms of the hashtag. Crossed lines are so represented in nature. They're in the runes, they're in stories They're in the barks of trees, they're in our fingers and on our palms. So there's always so, so much more in the symbology that we are perpetually surrounded by. But again, we may or may not have a relationship with it. So I would offer us also today in terms of this curiosity about what power is and what leadership is and what it might be like. Sometimes that's also why I return to the old ways with folks such as Mary Magdalene, Jesus, Buddha, Even Bodicea, to a certain extent, she was a wild one, no doubt, but then so was Kali. So was Kali. So are the ways in which we have created archetypes known as the Banshee. The Banshee, what is the Banshee? You know, the Banshee is a grief-stricken woman. It's a woman whose heart has been so broken her screams could turn a man's heart to stone, could turn a woman's heart to stone. 
could complete a life in a way that had not been anticipated. But the Banshee is a misrepresentation in a way also of what we have in the Celtic worlds and in many of of the worlds where original people are still living too, of the keener, those that keen in Ireland and Scotland and again in the other Celtic lands and spaces around the world, the keeners would come to our homes to take our grief when loss had been experienced and they would keen. A keener to me often has a sound a wee bit like that of a fox. I think the keener and the fox are very closely connected and they too have great purpose and intention for the day, both in the fox and in all animal, but also in end of life work. And end of life work is really beginning of life work too. Where would you have me go today? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? What an extraordinary thing. What an extraordinary time that we live in to consider that we do live in a time of archetypes and of wonder and awe. And I've been curious about what life might truly be. And actually, even to take the veil down around the idea that we have ever experienced any type of healthy leadership or power yet. And in that space of coming back to innocence and considering that we don't yet know what that is, that too is where the light gets in. That too is where the light gets in. That is where from that wonderful, wonderful Japanese concept, we can paint the parts of us that have cracked with gold so that we become even more beautiful. I stopped hiding my scars and my heartbreak a long, long time ago because in doing that, it meant that I was actually able to heal not just myself, but other people too. If I was sitting in my chieftain broch, perhaps even just a couple of hundred years ago, I would be called upon as the healer. We have such a funny relationship with that word and with that archetype too. We undervalue that greatly. And perhaps I might today in the time and space that we're having this conversation, rather use the word healer than leader. Because actually when we are able to take responsibility for our own healing, when we are able to understand what that means and to be instructed in how to do that, and that's certainly one of the areas that I enjoy is giving instruction, is giving support, is giving a menu, if you will, of experiences, then those are some spaces that some really, really interesting things can happen. And if you're feeling almost a drop in your system today, if you're feeling like, oh, this feels like a a deeper something or other, just notice that, just notice that, no right or wrong to it. This is the beauty of us having spent a wee bit of time together. And this is what happens in the programs and the courses and in the love days that I host. More, you know, affectionately known as VIP days. (laughs) But I'll need to come up with a better word for them. I think perhaps muse days, love days, strategy days and VIP days. Such funny language, isn't it? Strategically, such a word of war. And how we bring that into our business and our worlds. Whereas actually spending a day exploring your heart, understanding what your wants are, your dreams are, what your needs are. And how would you like to meet them? How would you like to meet those needs, my love? Isn't that a wonderful way to spend a day? 
Isn't that a wonderful way to spend a life? I wonder, where would you have me go today? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, your host, Bunny Love Shock. All of the links to the things we've talked about will be in the show notes. And as ever, I look forward to hearing from you very, very soon. And I'll see you in the next episode. I'm sending you so, so much love and all the blessings. Today is a good day to be a really good day. <laughs>